Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. My name is Sam. I come from Uganda. Thank you so much, Pastor Yaku and Pastor Philip and the whole church ministry leaders. I'm so blessed to be here this morning. I came with the servant of God, Mama Lida. Um, please can raise up your hand and can see you. Uh, she has a wonderful work in Zama, um, Zama Zama, that side, I think, Pretoria West. Yeah, so we were here yesterday. We had a wonderful time with the people there. Um, God is so faithful. Uh, I am married. I have a wife and two kids. Um, one is called Bethany. She's three years. And uh, second born, Othnel. Chiyoa is six months now tomorrow. But I had to come here because God sent me. Amen. So I'm here for a reason that um, God has blessed me to be in South Africa again. You can travel again and reach out to people and just show them that the Lord loves them. I had a ministry called Sam Chiwa Ministries in Uganda. It's registered with the government already last month. So I'm allowed to operate in the whole of Uganda legally. You know, I always love to do things legit. And I'm an evangelist by calling. Amen. Um, I got saved 2003 on the 5th of February. So I'm 32 years. Maybe I can, that's a little introduction I can say. Um, I've been in salvation for the last 19 years by the grace of God. I got saved when I was 13 years. And since then I knew what God called me to do. If you show me where the souls are, I'll go there. That's all I love. And I love also to encourage people. Um, but this morning, uh, God has spoken to me, actually when I was preparing to come uh, to South Africa, uh, God has given a message specific for this morning, for this church. And let's pray. Heaven, loving Father, I give you praise. You are faithful God, loving master. We are here in your presence. We thank you because your Holy Spirit is not only invited, but is already here. I thank you, Father. Give me the utterance. Bless me as we are blessed as well with your word. Give us the understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36 up to verses 50, I'm going to read this text. I love it so much. The Bible says, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 36. Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought a alabaster veil of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, and she began to wet his feet with her tears 
and kept wiping them with a hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with a perfume. And now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet and he would know who and what sort of a person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied and said, Teacher, a certain moneylender had two debtors, and one owed 500 denarii and other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave both of them, which of them, therefore, will love him more. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet since her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but since she, since she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my feet with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins which are many have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. And those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who can forgive sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus is already invited in every place, even in our time. So as it was in those days. People love to hang out with Jesus. And so the disciples, they always love to walk with Jesus. Because the Bible says that Jesus appointed the disciples that they may be with him first and then he may send them. So he walked everywhere doing good to all people. People loved Jesus and yet there were others like the Pharisees and the scribes who hated the good he was doing to people. But some of them also desired to hear from Jesus. So in this point of time the Bible says that this Pharisee, he invited Jesus to come into his house. And when Jesus accepted the invitation, he came in the house. And so they were reclining on the table. And the Bible says that there was a woman who was a sinner. And she heard that Jesus was there. I don't know how she came in. I don't know if the house was open. But it seemed that these people knew this woman. Even the Pharisee knew that this woman is a sinner. And I believe not only Pharisees, but even the people who were there, they knew this woman is a sinner. But this woman also, she did not need anybody to tell her that you were a sinner woman. You were a sinful person. She knew herself. And so she was trying to find her way to Jesus because she heard about Jesus. She heard of the good things he has done. She has heard of the miracle that has happened. I believe so. So she heard about Jesus in the house of a Pharisee. And these are men of hierarchy, you know, the men of position. But she tried to find her way into the house where Jesus was. 
and the Bible says she came right where Jesus was. And the Bible says she was standing behind Jesus at his feet. And the Bible says she began to wait his feet with her tears. It seemed this woman was tired of herself. She was tired of the taking pride maybe in her life. She has gone through a lot in her life and she never wanted to talk to anybody. Even she could not address Jesus. Here you am, please save me. But her attitude found herself where Jesus was because she needed a redeemer in her life. You know that sometimes also we get tired of what we have gone through. Even when you tell somebody what you've gone through, you feel this person has got no hope for you. And the only thing you can find yourself is in the presence of God. So this woman finds herself in a place where she never expected to be in all of her life. But then she had Jesus who was in the house. So she finds herself at the feet of Jesus. She could not talk. She could not say anything. But the Bible says she began crying. She began weeping. And not the feet of Jesus with her tears and her hair. She laid down the glory. She laid down herself at the feet of Jesus because all what she wanted was the Savior to redeem her from her sin. And the Pharisee of this woman is a sinner. You know, sometimes it's, it's embarrassing to yourself when you come in a place when everybody knows about you. You know, you walk in the place, and everybody says, that's a sinner, that's a sinner, that's a sinner. So you don't have to explain yourself that I am a sinner. You just try to find yourself who can help me. I don't always want to tell people that you're a sinful person, because actually the sinners know they're sinners. Their conviction convicts them, and know what I'm doing is wrong. So the only thing you can do is to show them the way how they can get out of that trouble. So the Bible said this woman began to wipe, she began to cry, her tears, wiping the feet of Jesus, and also anointing them, kissing the feet of Jesus, anointing them with alabaster perfume. All she had was the perfume. All she had was her hair. All she had was the tears. She had nothing else. And also she knew that I'm a sinner, a sinner in need of a savior. You know, at the feet of Jesus, we find our redemption. At the feet of Jesus, we find our freedom. At the feet of Jesus, we can regain back what the enemy has taken away from us. I've been studying the book of Ruth. And I looked at the character of Ruth and Naomi and Bowers in that time. The Bible says that. You know, you know the story of Ruth and Naomi? They come back from Moab, and she say, your God will be my God. Where your people shall be my people as well. Where you lay, I shall lay. Naomi accepted this young lady, Ruth, who had lost everything. Her husband, even Naomi had lost everything. She had lost her husband and the property, and now they go back to the land where they have to be. And the Bible say, they had nowhere to start from. Now, Naomi encourages Rose to start doing, going to the field, clean. And now she knew about the field of Boaz, who was a close relative. The Bible says in chapter 3 that Naomi then say, I had to find a tutor for this woman. 
Then told her, you know what to do? You go find, you find this man Boaz lying at night where the grain is and you uncover his feet and you cover you up and tell him what I've told you. So she had to wash herself, put on the best clothes, anoint herself, wash very well. And she goes and does what Naomi told her to do. So that night the Bible says, she laid at the feet of Boaz that night. And Boaz opened up and she covered and then Ruth told, uh, Ruth told um, Boaz, you know, you're a close relative. Do to so to your maid, to your maid servant. But also you understand that Boaz in, that, in, the, in the book of Ruth represented a redeemed kinsman. He was a redeemer. But also we see Ruth representing the Gentiles because she was a Moabite. So you find that she needed to be redeemed. And this is what Boaz told Ruth. There's somebody else who will redeem you, but if he fails, I will redeem him myself. At the end, you see that from the feet where she had laid herself at the feet of Boaz, at the end of it all, the story, she is redeemed. Whatever she had lost, she got back. Whatever she had lost in her life, she got back and she was blessed. We all know very well that, you know, from Ruth, we see Jesse, obeyed Jesse, and then we see David. It's a lineage of Jesus. So actually, you cannot separate Jesus from the Gentiles because the blood lineage comes from the Gentiles. Ruth is a, she was a Moabite. And then they have a son with Boaz who is a Israel. So you see Jesus, you can't separate Jesus from the Gentiles. It's a bloodline. That's why the gospel has to be preached everywhere. Everybody should accept Jesus because he is so love with him. So this woman also, she found her redemption at the moment she was at the feet of Jesus. She was tired of herself. She was tired of her nonsense as well. And she knew that what I've done enough is enough. I'm so burdened. That's why she's crying. The grievances in her life, we don't know her story. But all she wanted was somebody to redeem her life from her past. Maybe there's somebody here as well. You know what has gone wrong in your life and you feel you cannot help yourself go into the presence of the master. He can lift up every burden, every depression, every anxiety, every infuriated complex. Last year, no, 2019, I was in Durban. I found there was a man who was called Kenton was a Muslim. Then he was invited, was invited to one of the meetings I was preaching. So I preached in the message, and the man came up. I prayed with him, but he never gave his heart to Christ. But my heart was so drawn to his heart. I told the pastor, where does that man say? I want to go and see where he's coming from. So we went had lunch, and then I told him, please, can you drive me to his house? I want to hear some story, because God convinced my spirit that there's something that he's been going through. And this man called Kenton, I, I went to his house in the evening after service. We talked to him. I asked him, talk, Kenton, what is happening in your life? He told me, Pastor, I'm glad that you came. I didn't want to talk to you there, but I'm glad that you came to my house. This man wanted to kill herself seven, himself seven times, committing suicide. 
he tried to kill himself seven times. And the last time he told me it was when he cut his throat. Then he said, but I thank God I was sad not die for this moment. And Kenton told me his words. He told me, this is the only time, the only chance I have to be saved. Please don't go. I want to get saved. Then I said, if I didn't come to his house, I would have heard his story. And the man grabbed me. He hugged me around, began to cry like a baby because he said, this is the only chance I have that my life may be free. So the same was this woman. Other people may even tell their stories, but all what they can do is what is coming out of him, express it to Jesus and say, I need a savior. I need to be redeemed. I need to be changed. And that is all. But these people were trying to, you know, Tell him that, Jesus, if you knew uh, who was touching you. You know, sometimes we don't have to mind about what people say. It's all about what Jesus said about us. People may say whatever they want to say. But what does Jesus say about you? When we find ourselves to that place, to that moment where we are desperate, just for his presence, that he may change us. That's the moment that your change will come. There's one moment that Job said, I will struggle all days of my life until my change has come. Even what Job went through in his life, he had the hope that my Redeemer lives. And he said, I will struggle all days of my life until my change has come. Job had a hope in his life that one day things are going to get better than they were in the beginning. Shout hallelujah. In the night, you may cry all the night, but the Bible says the morning joy shall come. No matter what you're going through, no matter the kind of rejection you've gone through, there is always hope in Christ Jesus. Canton, right now I'm in touch with him. He's still standing. He's a Christian. He was Muslim. And now he got with Jesus. He never commits suicide again. Because the depression left. He's loved by God. He knows about the love of Christ. So people may judge us. People may speak and they want to speak. But I always want to go with the opinion of the kingdom. I always remind people. It's not who you see with my I'm black as I am, but I am a spirit with a soul living in this body. People actually cannot define me. People can't define who you are by what they see. There is a better identity that is in Christ Jesus. This woman knew the only time she has to be delivered is to find her way to Jesus. And that is the only time that she could find herself because the opportunity was there. She knew Jesus is right in the house of the Pharisee. I know you Pharisees, you know my sin, but I don't care. Because even when about my sin, you can't redeem me. But the redeemers come into your house, so I shall be saved. The Bible says, and Jesus later on 
done towards this woman. I try to imagine whatever she was doing. But sometimes you may, you may wipe the feet of Jesus and he's standing away. It seems like he's standing away. He's not giving attention. He's talking to these people. But she did not stop wiping her feet, his feet with her hair, kissing his feet, was tickling them. It seemed that Jesus was not giving attention, but Jesus was giving attention. The Bible said then he turned towards the woman. Sometimes you may pray, you may fast, you may give, you may sow your seeds, and seem that God is not answering your prayers. You may, walk, you may lay at the feet of Jesus, and you feel like Jesus like, is not answering. You know, have you ever been there and you ask yourself, Jesus, where are you? Did you see all these things happening? You know, in the pandemic lockdown, people were like, God, you did not know this season was coming. Why did you prepare us for this season? People began to question God as well. In the pandemic time. Sometimes also ask ourselves, hey, I've done everything. I'm at your feet. I have obeyed you, Lord. But where are you? Where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord? This woman was like, how non-stop. Sometimes even when it seems like he's not hearing you, do not stop loving. Don't stop doing what you're doing for his sake. I believe that even was one of the phenomenal evenings for this woman. And Jesus said, turn to other woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no word but for my feet, but she wet my feet with the hair, with the tears and wet them with the hair. You gave me no kiss, but since the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. Some of us, we start things and we stop them. Sometimes you, you feel like, um, let me do it for a time. If there's an answer me, I'll, I'll find a plan B. This woman, the only choice she had was plan A, and there was no plan B. All she wanted was to be saved. She didn't want any notice of the Pharisees. She never wanted anything from the Pharisees. All she wanted was somebody to redeem her life. That's why she never stopped doing what she was doing. If you have a vision, if you have a mission in your life, do not stop doing and don't stop the process. Let the process continue moving in the will of God. This woman, she did not stop. She took, I just want to imagine, you know, you are sitting here. And somebody is just busy at your feet. Eh? What are you doing? You woman, what are you doing? And she's a woman. What are you doing? She just kept doing that. The Pharisees, I believe even people were like, this woman, if she knew, why are you touching Jesus? You're a sinner. When a sinner finds a place of worship, she doesn't want to know anything. Take on the feet of Jesus. She was weeping and crying. And Jesus knew. You know, this is what Paul said to the Philippian church. Some people love that verse that I know I'm confident of this. That the God who began the good work in you will accomplish it. People love that scripture. But the process of that, he says, because of your participation in the gospel, from the first day till now, I am confident of this. So it was a it's a conditional act of scripture. You know, it's not like hey, I'm confident you receive, you'll be blessed. He said, because of your participation 
in the gospel from the beginning until now. This woman did not stop kissing the feet of Jesus. Some of us, we start and we stop. You start, you get discouraged. It's like you have no attention from, from him and you feel like you're so much discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Continue pursuing that what God say to you, it shall happen. You have a future. You have a purpose. You have an identity. You are loved by God. Your children will change. Don't stop praying over them. Speak life. Prophesy over their lives. Don't wait for a prophet to come. You become a prophet of your own house. You speak to them. Hallelujah. This woman has diligence in what she was doing. And all she needed was somebody who's called Jesus to help her life from her past. The Bible does not tell us what she had gone through, but all the Bible says she was a sinner. Now these days people are now changing when they come and say, um, I, they don't want to mention I'm, I'm a sinner. Oh, I sinned against God. They say, I pastor, I have an issue. So sin these days has become an issue to them. But sin is a sin. A reproach is a reproach. You have no any other definition of a sin. A sin is a sin. Sin has never become a problem. Uh, it's a sin. Say it's a sin. It is not an issue. It is a sin. You know, the moment you turn a sin to become an issue for you, 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 you only find yourself in a place where you want to be. Because it's like you always cover it up. It's an issue. I'll, I'll, I'll go over it. But when you present that before God and say, this is what I'm struggling with in my life, he will set you free. Look at the cross. Know who you are dealing with, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Redeemer of the world. He is able, as he was in the beginning, today, forever, he shall be. He has never changed. He worked the same like he did those years back. Even today, he's doing the same. Jesus turned towards the woman. I don't know if you're here and you feel like God is so far away from you. The Bible says, and those who fear the Lord. In Galatians, it's um, in Malachi 3 verse 10, 16. He said that, and I think, yeah, Malachi 3 verse 16. If you can have that scripture, please. He said that, and those who fear the name of the Lord, when they began to speak to one another, the Lord gave them attention, and the book of remembrance was opened. Malachi 3 verse 16. If that scripture, I want to say it's right. Yes, and then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they say in his presence. A scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the horn of his name. So when they began to speak to one another, God gave them attention from his presence. He heard them. There is no prayer that 
you pray and goes in a dustbin. No way. The heaven hears every kind of prayer. Even actually when you think that you pray not enough, the Bible said that angels are always that perfect our prayers. In John, in Revelation, John was revealed. There was the sound of trumpet. And the Bible said that the prayers of the saints, the angels held them and added incense in them and poured them on the altar. And then the prayers of the saints went before the heavens. And what happened? Flash of fire, shaking of the world, lightning. So when you pray, God answers prayers. Even when your prayers are few that are imperfect, the angels always fill up the incense in them. So this woman knew that this is the only time I have to be redeemed. I don't know how, maybe how your heart is heavy. I don't know how you feel about the future. Maybe you're uncertain of what is going to happen. But there is always a hope in Christ. Two Sundays back, I was invited one of the churches to go and minister. I preached the gospel message and I finished up, had an altar prayer call. Eight people gave their lives to Christ. But there was one Muslim man who was called Isma. Came up, he had an accident a month ago that time. He was in a coma. And then he had a hole in, just next year. It was septic. His hands were feeble. Could not even lift a single fork. Not even a spoon. He was just little to come to the church. He couldn't help himself. And he said, I want to believe Jesus. I've had a message. But I also have a problem. His speech was startling. He couldn't even mention a statement in one minute. Or he could say, yes. Because he had a coma for two weeks. He had an accident, a terrible one. The whole of his body was almost paralyzed on this side. So he could only be lifted that place. So he gave his life to Christ after the message. Then I asked him, do you believe that Jesus, whom you have accepted, can heal you? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, okay, I want to pray for you. We prayed for him. And the moment we began to pray, the spirit of God hovered the whole place. There was more deliverance as I was praying for him. And the man just stood up. He said, I feel the power. He held my Bible. This, this Bible is quite like maybe one kilogram. <laughs> he held my Bible and said, I feel the power. He walked all over because Jesus touched him. He came feeble, paralyzed with pain in his body. He left the place when he's changed. When you go out where people are, Jesus was in the place of a Pharisee. He was not in a synagogue. He was outside the synagogue. I have seen miracles, more miracles outside the church than I see in my church. I have seen the crippled walk out of wheelchairs. I've seen the blind eyes open. Do you know why? Because the Bible says as they went out, the Lord Jesus Christ, he walked with them, confirming his word with signs and wonders. All what we need is to be where people are. Jesus looked for them where they are. He could cross the lake and find a man with a legion. 
And he was there for a purpose. He knew this man was there. I want to encourage you as well. Find where people are. Get where they are. That is it. If you love God, you must love people. You cannot say, I love you, God. I love you, God. I'm so much in love with you. But you don't love where people are. The heart of Jesus is where souls are. Oh, I love souls, I tell you. I tell me I love souls. That's why I'm here in South Africa. In my country. This woman, people are so much desperate for the one who can love them. And how know how they know the love of Christ? You and myself. Where people are, that's where Jesus wants us to be. I can give anything for the gospel. My wife knows that very much well. Mm. I cannot hold back anything. No, that's something we cannot hold back. And the fire is burning inside of us. That fire is not the use of fire. It is a fire of the Holy Ghost. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah thinks 20 verses 9. He said that, when I say I'll not talk anymore in your name, when I say I'll not even think about your name, then your fire burns in my bones and I cannot hold it in. Let that fire burn inside of us. The fire of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was given as a tool for us that we may reach other people. Yeah, it burns in my, my heart. You know why that fire burns in your heart? Because there is something that the Spirit of God wants to ignite in your life that you are running away from. The fire always burns to get you up from your seat. To get you where the people are. Jeremiah was compromising. But at the moment I said, I won't talk about it in your name because Lord, you've lied to me. Then the fire of God always burns in his heart. Say, hey, I still need you. I knew you the day even before you were born. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. I have a purpose. I am here for a reason. I've ever shared this just my thing. I think I shared this with my last year when I was here in 2019. May I give a priority to the kingdom? God first. There's one night, I just came from prayers from the church. Then I went back home. It's a true story. I went home and in my house, I had 2,200 shillings. That was like maybe 20 runs. That was the money I had for a house. But I had some little money in my account. But for the usage in the house, that's what I had. Because I was purpose for something. Then, as I read my house, I had a text message from one of my friends. And she said, Sam, where are you? Say, I'm just back home, so I missed your call. And then she said, please, can you send my, me your back accounts, details? Ah, I said, my wife, ah, you see what God is doing? It's a miracle now already. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But then when I say that, I told her, Justine, she called Justine. That's my wife's name. 
Say, you know what? We're going to pray. If this is $100, we are going to use this money to pay off our house rent and then get some food in the house. That's all. Then I told her, but if it's more than $1,000, I'm going to buy more few speakers because I'm to go out to preach the gospel. Then I said, Lord, but if it is beyond $5,000, I want to buy a good truck to carry my equipment. Those were my three priorities. I prayed God that prayer that night. For 30 minutes, we held our hands and prayed because my heart is always out where people are. The following day, I didn't receive a message. After two days, I received a message, you've received 10 bucks. And said, what is 10 bucks? I never heard of that word before. I had to Google, Mr. Google, what's 10 bucks? <laughs> then I asked this servant of God, what this money for? It was 10,000 US dollars. And she told me that money is for your mission work, go buy a truck. I did not ask for a truck, but she said, I see you struggle to carry your equipment, but go buy a truck. I didn't make any mistake. The whole of it, I had not paid my rent, no. But I said, this money is for the kingdom. I got the whole of it the following week. I bought the truck, 12,000 US dollars. It's there now. It carries my equipment everywhere I go. Do you know why? God blessed that for one thing, just a soul. If you can give anything to God for a soul, he'll give it the best. I love to go where people are. This woman was looking for Jesus. People are looking for Jesus. How shall they hear unless you go where they are? Sometimes we pray, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. But where is your heart? Are you having your interest in the kingdom of God? Do you still have that purpose in God? This woman was busy looking for Jesus to be redeemed from her sin. And she found her redemption at the feet of Jesus. I love what Ronald Bonker said. He said, Land the hell and populate the heaven. Then he said, to heaven with souls, to hell is the devil. I tell you something, I will repeat that. To heaven with souls, to hell is the devil. On earth, you carry nothing with you. Mm -mm. But I tell you, what you do for people, when you win those souls, when you support, when the church has missions out, you may not go there, but you may send them. You are part of that. That's, that's it all. This woman was looking for Jesus. People are busy looking for Jesus. But they are looking for him, but there's nobody to show them where Jesus is. The world is full of condemnation, and people always condemn them, hey, you are not good enough. You can't make it in life. No way you can make it. But I want to encourage somebody that God is able to help you in every circumstance. He's able to help your children. He's able to take you a journey 
that you've never experienced before in your life. If you just say, I lay it all at the feet of Jesus, he will give you the path. He will give you a direction. He will show you the way that you should go. I love it when the Bible says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the sea. And the face of the deep was covered by darkness. The Spirit of God was hovering over. But the face of the earth was covered by darkness. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 2. The Bible says that, you know, the earth was covered. The face of the earth, the identity of the earth was covered by darkness. But the Spirit of God was just waiting for a word. There shall be, let there be light. And the Spirit of God creates. Because Jesus said, the words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and their life. The Spirit of God brings life to every word of God that is spoken. He activates the word of God in our lives. He burns inside of you. He works it out in your life. The identity of people is covered by darkness. It's covered by unbelief and religion. But when you go out there, you are going to be the light to those people. Even when they come in church, they find life there. Because you are a child of God who holds the life of Christ. Paul say that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. That even when Christ is revealed in glory, we shall also be revealed in his glory. Your life is hidden in Christ. But people are looking for that life that you have. How are together? So I conclude by saying, let the love of Christ control us. Paul said that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Let the love of Christ control us, constrain us. Don't just do the things that we want to do them. But let Christ lead your life. Let you walk that life of freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus. This woman was stirred of her sin. She was aware of it. She was enslaved by it. But she knew that Jesus can only help me. So I don't know what you're struggling with in your life. I don't know what is happening in your spirit. I don't know what is that you are battling with. Sometimes you are enslaved by so many things. Peter said that what a man is enslaved by becomes a slave. What you're overcome with. Second Peter chapter 2 verses 19. What a man is enslaved or is overcome, he becomes a slave to it. What is that that you feel is overcoming your life? Don't give it a chance to grow. Don't give it a chance to take you on. Come at the feet of Jesus and lay down there. Let him meet your life. Because we never become slaves. Because Jesus came to give us freedom. He came to give us life and life in abundance. That's all about. We have the life of Christ in us. The devil cannot hold us back anymore. If he can allow Jesus to walk through our lives and take you through the journey and let you show you that this is my will. You know, it's always a good thing to walk by the will of God. Walk in obedience and faith. Let me also speak this one. That sometimes, you know, 
when I reflect, when I look at Moses' life and Abraham, you know, Abraham all his life he walked by faith. And then he obeyed God. Most times he had faith, but sometimes he needed more faith because something was so hard for him. But he walked in faith and obedience. But Moses reached a time that he had, he had faith because God showed miracles in his life. You know, but what he needed was more of obedience. Some of us, we have faith, but when God speaks, it's hard for us to obey what he says to do. You have faith. When it comes to obedience, you fail the faith you have. And I urge each and every one of us that when you hear God calls you to do something, don't hesitate because that's where your life is. That's where your blessing is. That's where your freedom is. We have to make sure that we obey God and the Spirit of God will always lead us. We don't live on our own. Remember, you don't belong to yourself. Eh? You do not belong to yourself. You belong to Him. So you have to walk by him. If you live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. Prove that. Let him walk through the journey. The unknowns in your life, the uncertainties in your life. Amen. You let down at the feet of Jesus. You find your life. You find your destiny. In the journey that you walk, you find your purpose. Your identity is in Christ. The people out there, all they need is Jesus. We had a crusade last in the Easter season. I had to travel 340 kilometers from Kampala. I was only with my family because God told me to go to the eastern region of Uganda. We had the wonderful time there. People loved Christ. People enjoyed to be with us. Miracles happened. But above all, Souls came to Christ Jesus. Miracles always happen, but to me what gives me joy is when one gives his life to Christ. Because that's the life eternal. It's such an encouragement. You know, you know how joyful it is in heaven. If it bows one soul repents, and you have one day, 50, 100 souls come to Christ, the heaven will be at part all the time. Eh? That's it. So may rise up on your feet. Just rise up on your feet. I'll make the first invitation. If you are here and truthfully in your heart, in Afrikaans it's called heart. Is that right? Aha. In your heart, you know you were not born again. You've never had this time to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You need him. He needs you. You need him and he needs you. When two of you meet, something great is going to happen. I want to make an invitation. If you're here and you know you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you know the way you've been walking. If you die tonight, God forbid, but if you die tonight, are you sure you'll stand before the master? 
That's always have to become in our minds and be a reminder. So if you're here, please. That's why I put the word please, because I need that so. And the kingdom of God need that so. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ and you need you as a savior, just be bold enough like that woman in the need of a savior. Just be bold enough and come forth here. I'll pray with you. Don't fear. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Let him walk through this journey. Life eternal begins the day you give your life to Christ, not after you leave the body. It begins here. It's a life eternal gift. It's a free gift that God will give you. So if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, or you know the way how you've been walking with him, you've been mixing up the whole thing, just come straight here. Let him meet your life. Just come. Don't fear. Come to Jesus. Even if you're one who will pray with you to be a joy. In Jesus' name. Or if you want to recommit your life to Christ because of what has happened through in your life, it's also a pleasure to renew our life. I always say, if you feel you backslid from faith, you can slide back to faith. You can tell God, I'm not, I'm not worthy enough, but I can come back to you and that will be whole with me. In Jesus' name. Is there anybody? You raise up your hand. Then you can go to the next thing. Anybody need Jesus? Need to be saved today? Or want to recommit your life to Christ? Make a bold step and come for it. In Jesus' name. Okay. Since there's nobody, everybody is okay. That's a good thing that we gather together and we're Christian. And now, and now this reminds us that it's good to come people to church. You know, you don't want to go to heaven alone. Right? You need friends. You need people. So if every Sunday you make it a purpose that I, I want to bring somebody to church who is not a Christian, that would be good. But also it is very good if you go out there and see where people are, that will be a blessing. So by the end of the year, 2022, when you say, God, thank you for the new house, thank you for the brand new car, but you have a one number one thing. I thank you, God, I've won 150 souls this year to the kingdom. That is the greatest testimony. Me, I always count. Last year, we had over 700. Even in the pandemic, we reached out to people, over 700 this year, I'm still counting. It's just the beginning. It's just May. I want to end this year at least with over 3,000 souls. That's my target. I pray, God, give them to me. Amen. So, reach out to people. Are you blessed? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Lift up your voice and talk to God and thank God for a message. What you've heard from God, just talk to him. Just tell him, Lord, I thank you for the word. Thank you, Lord. If you know there's anyone you've been missing in your life, just tell him, Lord, I'll come back to you, Lord. Um, I thank you for this time, Holy Spirit. We give you praise, Lord. We give you honor, God.
Rika boshiara hatu yara kusipradea. Riko zoto rima hande riba siku reko shianta. Manterere boziara kusoto riba hande ria kusiende. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, King of Kings. We give you praise. If you're here and you're sick in your body, you know there's something that is holding your health back and you feel that something isn't right in your body, you need a healing from God. Be it you have a blind eye, God will open now. Be it you have a deaf ear, you need a healing from God. Just walk over this side and we pray with you. Also the minister in the church will pray with you. We're going to pray if you have a problem, if you have an issue in your life, that you feel, God, only you can help me through this. God is able to heal you. He's able to touch you. I have seen God move miraculously by his grace. But I believe the Holy Spirit is here already. He's going to touch your body. So please, if you're here and you need a healing from God, just come straight and we pray together. And God will touch you. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give you praise. If you're sick, you need a touch from God. Come, come, come. Just come over this side. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you have a problem with your sight, don't fear. Come over. God will touch you. You have a issue with your lungs or something. You know, you have pain in your stomach. You know, you have pain in your back. Your legs are paining. You need God to heal you. He's able to do that. We serve a God who has no limitation. He will touch you. He will touch you. On Easter season on Sunday, Easter Sunday, we, we, there was a young boy who was called Nathan, six years. He had never sat before in his life, but his spine was bent like this, and he had a bone coming out of his back. When we prayed immediately, I tell you, the boy's back straightened up like this. For the first time in his life, he was able to sit in a chair, and the bone, which was like bending like this, it went back fixed. How God does it? Only him knows. But when we pray, God answers us. So you're going to ask God to touch your body. Where you have pain, you touch there. Don't limit God on your health because that is not your portion to be sick. It's not your portion to be in pain. And if you're there, also you have an issue with anxiety. You know, you're depressed in your heart. Just come forward and lay at the feet of Jesus. And then he will touch you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and his glory in your life. For more info, call us on 12 3621363 email us pretoria at shofaonline.org browse our website www.shofaonline.org or like us on facebook.com/shofarpretoria forward